Hello everybody and welcome to Interviews with Percy Grower. I am Mackie from percysgrowroom.com and today I have the pleasure to sit down with Peter Reynolds who is the president of CLEAR. CLEAR is an organisation that works towards cannabis law reform in the UK and for over 20 years now they've been working hard to get cannabis legalised for medical use to make sure that people have access to the medicine they need. It's a massive pleasure to have him on the show. Loads of great information. I hope you enjoy the show. You know how it goes. Roll yourself something, fill up a bowl, whatever it is you do, sit back and enjoy. This is Peter. Hello, Peter. Welcome to Interviews with Percy Grower. How are you, man? You good? I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm good. So you want to tell the listeners about yourself? Uh, well, I think uh, my name is Peter Reynolds. I'm the president of Clare. Um, a, a lot of people will obviously know of me or know of Clare already. Um, uh, Clare is the oldest established um, cannabis law reform group in the UK. Uh, it was established in 1999 as the Legalised Cannabis Alliance. Um, I was elected leader in 2011. Um, and we relaunched fairly shortly after that with under a new name, Clear Cannabis Law Reform, um, and with a completely new identity, um, uh, much more modern um, uh, marketing orientated approach, which is which has been very successful. Awesome. Um, so, so you, did you just change the branding because you wanted to reach a different kind of audience or something? Well, I mean, I think, I think, you know, to be fair, and I don't want, you know, I'm not trying to be, uh, I mean, back in those days, really, the cannabis campaign was in the doldrums. Mm, um, yeah, true. It was getting nowhere. Um, the internet was only just beginning to be widely used, really. Um, you know, social media had only just about started. Um, and, um, you know, the, the campaign needed a whole new approach. I mean, I'd characterise it this way. When I, when I first went to a legalised cannabis alliance committee meeting, it consisted of people sitting around a table uh, with their bongs out and uh, rolling joints. That isn't the way that I wanted it to be done at all. I wanted it to mm. be done on business-like. Yeah, in a more professional manner. Exactly. Um, and really that needed to be reflected in everything, the way that we presented ourselves, the way that we communicated. We moved away, I mean, I, I, we moved away completely from the whole idea of protest. Um, because frankly, protest has never worked. Okay. Uh, we moved to the whole idea of persuasion and engagement, and you know it works because I mean, when when I became leader in 2011, there were less less than a handful of MPs who you could describe as being supportive. Um, and if you roll forward to 2020, um, of the 650 MPs in the House of Commons. I would think you could fairly easily count on the support of half of them for some form of cannabis law reform these days. So what do you think the problem is? What do you think the UK still hasn't legalised? Uh, fear. Fear. Uh, and it is fear, fear, fear by politicians of what the media reaction will be and what the public response will be and also what the international response will be. You know, I mean, te- technically, uh, as, you, as you all know, Canada is in breach of... Um, uh, the UN Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, um, as is Uruguay. Um, well, they didn't know. Well, what is the problem? I, I wasn't aware of that. Well, yeah, you know, the, U, the, UN, the UN Single Convention 1961 on Narcotic Drugs specifically prohibits internationally, across the world, um, the legalisation of cannabis except, except for medical purposes. Um, okay. Uh, and, it's, and it has the status of a treaty, uh, you know, which means it's a, an agreement which, internet, which nations have, are, are obliged to conform to. So that would be the big problem with the UK, and that's one of the reasons we haven't legalised. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, as we see, Canada has, uh, and Uruguay has, um, and, and, you know, the, the sky hasn't fallen in. Um, but I mean, clearly the UK sees itself as one of the sort of pillars of uh, the establishment. But then, I mean, who takes any notice of the UN these days anyway? You know, it's like anything. I mean, all politicians pick and choose who they want to, want to you know, what they want to abide by and what they don't want to abide by. I mean, that will be one of the excuses they, they will use. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if Boris went in and started talking to his, uh, you know, permanent secretary in the Home Office, with pretty Patel at his side, saying, right, we want to legalise cannabis. <laughs> Can you imagine the scene 
um, something like something like yes minister, you know. But the the first thing that the permanent secretary is going to say, oh, well, we can't do that, Mr. Johnson, um, because we're obliged to follow the UN single convention on narcotic drugs. Yeah. Um, so that'll be the first excuse. Right. You know, the, the next excuse will obviously be, you know, what's the Daily Mail going to say? What's Mr. Murdoch going to say? Indeed. What Mr. What, Rupert Murdoch and his empire are going to say about this? Exactly. What What, what are the Barclay brothers going to say over at the over at the Tory graph? Um, I think no, public um, opinions there, though. I think if you ask the general public, they're they're up for the legalisation of recreational use. It is, but I mean, public opinion is often ahead of um, politicians mm. uh, in areas like this. I think uh, yeah. the the other thing, which is interesting, actually, uh, I can't remember where I where I first saw this, but the, the, it's a sort of the hypothesis that public opinion on cannabis is quite soft in in the sense that some. Um, uh, if you go out and ask people in the survey, as you know, YouGov have done recently, whether they think there should be some form of reform, people will say yes. But if tomorrow the Daily Mail ran a series of stories, um, as it frequently does, you know, that uh, you know, one one hit off a joint, you know, will we'll turn yeah, turn you crazy. Yeah, exactly. Then opinion changes very quickly. Mm. So, so that's what I mean by opinion being very soft. It's very, it's very malleable. Right. You know, okay. If, if, if there's a couple of bad stories in the media, then then there'll be a reaction to that, and people will swing away from it. Well, we saw this recently in the UK, like uh, on EastEnders, for example. There, yeah. there was talking about the legalisation of cannabis on EastEnders, and I feel as if in the media they're trying to dip their toe in the waters to try and see what the public opinion would be and what the reaction would be if cannabis was legalised. Seems to have got quite well, quite recently. I haven't seen anything new. I, I think I think the way soap operas deal with it is very indicative of um of, of, of you know what's going on. I mean, I, I remember there was a story. I don't know how long ago it was now, but so uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Doc Cotton uh, wasn't she using it for arthritis? Yeah, yeah, years ago now. Uh, and I think that that uh, certainly listed some sympathy. And you know, I mean, we have seen uh, you know in 2018 the new regulations came in, and in theory you can now get cannabis prescribed on the NHS. Nobody's getting it, of course. You have to go to a private doctor if you want to. But, um, uh, but I mean, you know, I, I certainly, in, in, you know, that, that happened in, uh, it, it was decided, I think it was in June 2018, and it came into force in November. Uh, but if you'd asked me in January 2018, uh, can you see medicinal cannabis being legalised in the next six months, I would have said no. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, these things can swing around very quickly you know very quickly well though it's been legalized in the uk for medical use i don't think there's been anybody who can actually get hold of any though well i mean there's anybody can get it if they can go private right if you go privately it's not that expensive i mean there's a lot of people who can afford it yeah you know i mean it's it probably cost probably cost you 250 pounds for an initial consultation which is just a standard private medicine consultation it's no more expensive than if you were going to a private doctor for anything else wow. um and they reckon that the average prescription nowadays for you know i don't know between 30 and 50 grams a month say is um probably about 600 quid Ooh. So, well yes i mean you know i mean particularly as we're talking on a growers forum obviously you know who'd be a mug to pay that but yeah some, that's crazy money i wonder if it's any good uh, as well well yeah, well it's, it's bedrocan it's all going to be bedrocan which has okay. been which, you know, I, I have tried Bedrican. Bedrican is the Dutch company that uh, for the last um, uh, 15, 16 years has had exclusive rights to produce medicinal cannabis for the Dutch government. We have uh, GW Pharmaceuticals in the UK, is it, who makes Sativex and That's right, cannabis yeah. over here? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bed- Bedrican actually produces, you know, flour. And uh, does four varieties, or maybe it's five varieties now of, of flour, uh, ranging from uh, 22% THC with no CBD, and uh, down, down to a product called Bediol, which is I think something like 7% THC and 7% CBD. Nice balance, yeah. An ideal balanced product for pain or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, but, but it's proper cannabis. The, the only, um, I mean, I have tried it, and, and it certainly works. I haven't tried a lot of it, obviously. You know. um, the, the only thing that a lot of people don't like about it is that it's gamma irradiated, which sounds horrendous. Um, 
It's a very common process used in the food industry all the time. Okay. Um, you know, you've probably got a number of things in your fridge right now that have been gamma irradiated. I mean, it sounds, you know, horrendous on the face for it, but it's actually yeah. just a very normal process. But the trouble is that what it does do is it destroys all the terpenes. Um, uh. So, so the, the flavour and, and smell is basically destroyed. Yeah, but, I mean, so that's that, probably that, that, why your own, you know, when you grow your own vegetables and fruits, they always taste yeah. better than what you're buying in a store. Yes, yes, you know? And that's probably because and, and, of the gamma radiation. Exactly. Well, yeah, and also age as well. But mm, I, mean, yeah. I mean, the reason they do that is to get rid of uh, moulds and fungus and any other sort of, you know, biological contamination that can occur uh, mm. in, in cannabis. And I mean, I, I, I think, you know, let's be realistic about it. I mean, within a cannabis flower, however wonderful your grow facility is, you know, whether it's your you know, shady little cupboard with, 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 with uh, some silly little lights in, in the back street somewhere, or whether it's one of, you know, one of these fantastic high-tech grow rooms, it's perfectly possible to get mold or fungus in your bud. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, if you're healthy, uh, that's not really a problem. It may taint the taste a bit. Um, mm. But if you're healthy, it's not really a problem. But if you're not healthy, if you've got a lung condition, or any other sort of condition, then potentially it could be serious. Mm. So I mean, obviously that that, that that's um, the reason why Belgium can't do it. And I, and I think that I think the Dutch government insists on it. Um, I was looking at this recently, in fact, in connection with um, because, of course, the way I make my living, I don't make my living out of clear. Um, I make my living now. I'm very fortunate now that I can make my living within the cannabis industry, within the legal cannabis industry. Awesome. Um, and I work as a consultant for um, organizations that are seeking to get licenses. Mm. Um, because I do know my way around the licensing system. Um, and most of it is, or all of it, is based on uh, GMP standards. That's good manufacturing practice. Um, okay. you know, unless your cannabis is produced to GMP standards, then it won't be approved as a medicine. Um, and certainly... In Holland, gamma irradiation is mandatory um, if it's going to be, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be the case uh, in the UK. So all these rules and regulations are still, still being worked out, really. It's a complicated business. It sounds interesting. It's like, I think I prefer my buds to be gamma radiated by the sound of it, <laughs> just to make sure them <laughs> well, balls are done, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, obviously, you know, we all like the taste and, and, and the, the smell of cannabis, but basically, mm-hmm. I mean, if, it, if it's being used as a medicine, then perhaps you have to relinquish that. Um, I mean, I think you know, some people have one of these sort of, you know, uh, what I would simply say is prejudice against all these sort of things. It's got to be natural, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I tell you, when, when people start using the word natural, if I see a website <laughs> with, the word, with the word natural in its URL, it, it turns me off straight yeah, away, you know. Yeah. Uh, what really what is, is natural, you know? Exactly. What does what does natural mean? You know, it's uh, um, organic cyanide. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of very nasty things that are natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you do grow your own, right? I grow my own. Uh, I've grown my own for seriously. I've grown my own for about some seven or eight years now. Um, I first grew my own back in the, well, I can tell you exactly when it was, I don't know exactly when it was, it was 1979, um, which was before, well, certainly at that time, I had no awareness of any grow your own industry or grow your own culture. Um, I'm sure it was going on. Um, But so there was no no marketing seeds. Um, You know, the internet didn't exist. So there was no, you know, there were probably books. Um, but I mean, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even understand the concept of cannabis flowering, um, because in those days, I mean, smoking weed was a was a pretty unusual thing. It was yeah. all hatch. You know? It was difficult to get hold of. Yeah, I mean, you know, back back in, I mean, I started smoking in the early seventies when I was fourteen. I think it would have been about nineteen nineteen seventy one, something like that, um, and it was all hash. Uh, the only grass you ever saw, uh, that's what we used to call it back in the old yeah. days, grass. Because it's um, more like grass. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
the only grassroots the things that everybody wanted was Thai stick. Yeah, you know, have you seen Thai stick? Oh yeah, and I still like yeah. that, even even though you know the, the different level of weed nowadays. But it's a different class. That stuff is it's the creamier smoke, you know. Take your seeds, oh, yeah. I mean, out. It's I'm, lovely. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen it for years, decades, probably. Um, and every, and then every now and then you would get some something else. Uh, and, and anyway, about this particular time, we'd had a consignment, or there was a lot of Malawi. It was said to be Malawi, like all these things you don't know where it really comes from, but it was branded as Malawi weed. Um, and it had been very, uh, very pleasant. And uh, there's a lot of seeds in it. Um, and so I decided to grow some. And actually, I must, I must have had a book or something because I, I grew it under fluorescent tubes um, in the loft. Um, we lived in Godalming in Surrey at the time uh, in, a, in a building that's now been demolished, so there won't be any evidence left. But, <laughs> I remember uh, lining the you know the joist the timbers up in the loft with silver foil, um, and put, fixing all these fluorescent tubes up you know right next to each other you know, um, and uh, growing lots of uh, lots and lots there were lots of plants. Um, none of them ever flowered, as I said, I had no real concept of, of flowering or what that meant. Right. But uh, we never we never we smoked it in a very determined fashion. Um, <laughs> And sort of sat around looking at each other saying, can you feel anything? Yeah, I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can. <laughs> I can feel a sore throat. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so that, that was my first ever experience with growing, growing, growing it up. Growing yeah, different life. days. There's just no information. How do no, you exactly. get information on that? You can't speak exactly. to people about it. You can't find a book in the library on it. You know? No, exactly. Um, and then um, uh, basically I took, I mean, I took, I had little attempts at it, says, since then, and then basically, uh, you know, about seven or eight years ago, I took the plunge and went out and invested, you know, what is really incredibly modest sum of three or four hundred quid. Yeah, it's not much, small, is it? A small tent, uh, an 80 centimeter square tent, um, a 250 watt lamp, an HPS lamp, um, uh, you know, a carbon filter, an extractor fan, oh, yeah. um, and uh, and that's it, isn't it? Basically, yeah, that, pretty that, much. That, that, that is it. Oh, and, and, a, and an auto pots. I've got a, a oh, water, nice. yeah. two water pot system, um, which works very well. Generally, I only grow one plant at a time. Um, it is a small tent, and whilst I have grown two in there, um, you know they just get you just get two cramped plants. Yeah, or you find that you'll get the same from one as you would from two, really. Well, probably yes. edge, you know? Exactly, exactly, um, and. It's just a wonderfully efficient and convenient system, you know. It's on the autopot, so you know if I wanted to, I could fill up the tank and not go up there for days. But I mean, I'd, I'd typically go and have a look at it every two or three days. Um, you know, move the lights up an inch or so if I need to. Uh, you know, put another five liters of uh, water, and, and I just grow in ordinary soil, ordinary compost from the garden centre, and I use um, canna. Uh, nutrients. I use um, uh, Terra Vega or Terra Vega. How, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, uh, I say it was Vega. I don't know. Yeah. Right. And I know then, what you mean, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and then as, as soon as it starts to, you know, because I'm using auto flowers nearly all the time. As soon as it starts to flower, I switch to uh, Terra Flores uh, with a little bit of PK, um, and that all seems to work very effectively. I did. Uh, I mean, the first serious growing I did was in a greenhouse um, uh, when I first started growing auto flowers um, and I was just blown away. Mm. The, first, the first time I grew, a, uh, in, in, I can't remember, I think I grew half a dozen or so at once in a greenhouse. Uh, they were snow riders. Um, no, all autos, yeah. That's right, yeah. And they, it, I, I was just completely blown away because it was so easy mm. and it all just worked. And, and um, uh, you know, and the greenhouse growing is lovely. I don't, I, I mean, I've got a small greenhouse at the moment, but to be honest, I use it for tomatoes, for really, really, really genuine tomatoes. Um, you know, my unauthorized tomatoes, um, <laughs> your ungammered tomatoes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, 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 um, I, I grow in the tent, although, uh, having said that, at, at this time of year, I do always put a couple outside. I'm very lucky, I live in a very remote location. Mm. Um, I've got, I've got a little bit of land 
and I've got um, a number of secluded corners where I can uh, easily, uh, you know, plant a few things. Yeah, the good question is whether they survive, of course, in any that climate. But, and you can never tell. You know, some, some years we get brilliant summers for it and you get to the end of the summer and you're exactly. like, oh, I should have planted something this year. Exactly. But then some summers I, it's like, I'm glad I didn't, you know. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it, you're not really losing anything, are you? I mean, from, I'm in the yeah. fortunate position where I get sent seeds all the time. So, you know, because see, seeds are expensive. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, I couldn't believe it. I looked in the latest... Um, well, in fact, Dutch Passion sent me some seeds yeah. the other day. And the Cinderella Jacks. Uh, well, they sent me these also Cinderella Jacks, which is yeah. supposed to be the highest THC in also ever. But they also sent me some things called, I think they're called Kerosene Crush or something like right. that. Um, and uh, I looked in the catalogue. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. A packet of three, these are photo period seeds, a packet of three of them, was 90 euros. Damn. Wow. 30 euros a seed. Um, so I'm glad I don't have to pay for seeds. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they are expensive toys, man. Well, they are. But for what but you get out of it, you know, it is still cheap. Yeah. yeah. But when you don't have to pay for them, then obviously in the summer, if you want to throw a few in the ground and mm. see if they work, then, you know, you're not, you're not going to lose anything, are you? That's it. Just, just, just a seed. Exactly. And, and the time, you know, working watering and feeding and stuff but i mean i enjoy that you know i enjoy i mean i, I enjoy gardening yeah uh, and in fact it, in fact it was really uh, i've always enjoyed a little bit of gardening but i mean i do grow tomato i do genuinely grow tomatoes quite seriously because i love tomatoes mm. um and uh i usually grow courgettes and potatoes and you know nice. a few other things as well um this year this year what well, with lockdown uh, i've been doing even more gardening so this year this year it will be um uh sweet corn uh i've planted a herb garden as well um uh you know there's there's, there's loads of stuff going in this year. um and uh keeps you busy exactly yeah. yes. and, and it's it's very good for the soul um definitely getting your hands in the dirt exactly as it as is growing your own cannabis you know, mm -hmm. you know when you measure good. your feed do you use yeah. an ec meter or anything like that or do you just monitor the plant and see if it needs more or less food no, I don't do that. I mean, I, I, funny enough, I did buy a pH meter yeah. the other day, uh, but that was more for my vegetables rather than for my cannabis. Well, whilst I do now use can of nutrients, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I've been pretty sceptical about some, you know, the amount of money, that, I mean, it's, it's business, but I mean, the amount of money that some of these companies uh, want to charge for growing growing equipment, uh, you know, like you get... I just, as I said, I use just ordinary compost from the garden centre. But yeah. you can spend a ludicrous amount of money on some of these grow media, can't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see some 50, 50 pound for 50 litres of living soil. Exactly. You know? Well, sorry, sorry. No, it's not no, cheap. No. I mean, when I, when I first grew those, those uh, snow riders, and when I first got into um, growing seriously in greenhouse, I was just using tomato fertiliser. And a little tomorrow, bit of, right? That stuff is that, that yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, right? And also a bit of miracle grow, you know, that's right. Tried <laughs> all those things, and they all work fine, you know. I mean, um, the, the, you know, there's a lot of nonsense talked about it as well. It's, it's, it's not difficult, I mean, as you know, it's not, not yeah, uh, it's, it's a question of diminishing returns, isn't it? I mean, you could you can just throw a seed in the ground and throw some water on top of it, and it will grow, yeah, nine times out of ten, it'll grow. Or you could spend an awful lot of time and money on nurturing it and tending it, et cetera, et cetera. And the difference, there will be a difference in quality, but the difference in quality is actually relatively small. Mm. You know? um, and, uh, you know, the reason I uh, spend time and attention on, on it is uh, more for my own satisfaction, really, than, than for, the, uh, for, for any enormous increase in quality. You know? um, yeah, it's what I try and you know push across the people it's just how simple it is and how you can do it if you wanted to you know you exactly. shouldn't be intimidated by it just get stuck in and start doing it it's very easy and also you know even more important than that i would say is it's the ethical choice i mean yeah, you know, i agree completely yeah uh, it, it, it's the responsible way to consume cannabis um because um uh you know the, Although most people, if you're buying cannabis uh, on, the, on the criminal markets, most people will deal with somebody who they regard as 
you know, a friend, a friend or an, yeah. acquaintance, an acquaintance. Um, and that's fair enough. And I mean, that's always been my experience in life. Um, but one, one level up from that person you're buying from, the person, you know, the person who sells to them, they're probably not quite as nice a person. Yeah. Um, and and one level up from them, every, yeah, yeah. you're probably into gangster territory. Um, and, and uh, you know, because that's the nature of the business, isn't it? It's an yeah. illegal market. It is dominated by gangsters. Um, yeah. If you don't pay your bills, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get a county court summons. You get, you know, you get your arm twisted up behind your back or even worse. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that's the nature of the business. Now, I don't want to be involved in anything like that. Exactly um, the same. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I don't think anybody really wants to be involved in anything like that. And so, you know, as I say, I mean, I, I grow my own. I grow my one plant. Uh, it never goes outside my boundary. Um, it, nobody else in the entire, on the entire planet is affected by it. Yep. Um, or could be affected by it. Um, I suppose the only conceivable way they could be affected by it is if I got stoned out of my brain and then drove out onto the road and then had an accident. But yeah. I, don't do, I don't do that. Um, and uh, so, as I say, it's the ethical and moral choice. It's, it's the right way to do it. And where does the money go in the black market? You know, we spend this money, and some people might only spend 10, 20 pounds here and there, but over a year it adds up. You know, this money all goes to these people, and we don't know what it's being spent on. It's not being spent. Well, it's, been, on it's been spent on financing real crime. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, these uh, you know Vietnamese kids locked up in houses, um, who, who then, who you know, our, our wonderful justice system sees them arrested, sees them thrown in jail, and then sees them deported when, in fact, they're slaves. Yeah, um, it's, it's shocking. It, it, it's, it's abysmal. Um, and, you know, and then we have people like Theresa May, you know, who, who supposedly took a, a strict stand on modern day slavery. Um, and, and yet, you know, you could wipe out. I mean, apart from uh, prostitution, nail bars and cannabis farms, that is modern day slavery, isn't it? As far as I understand it. Mm. So if you were to legalize cannabis, you'd, you'd, you'd sort, sort that out. And I mean, you should also, I mean, in the same, by the same token, you should legalize and regulate prostitution. That's, you know. completely it's yeah. for the safety of the workers and and for the safety of the consumers as well it's especially in the cannabis market right now exactly. we just go to the black market we could be buying moldy weed it's definitely not done properly it's not finished and ripened and properly dried and cured you know you have to think about a consumer yeah yeah i mean i mean the other thing i do enjoy uh occasionally is uh concentrates you know dabbing yeah. um i don't do any of this uh terrifying business with the blow torches and stuff you know i i i use a little dab pen uh or one, one of these uh electric things um you showed me a, a cool vape thing you have a, a vaporizer kind of thing oh yeah that, that's a, that's a dry that's just a conventional dry herb vaporizer and i'm talking about you know, what i was talking about now is concentrates mm. um uh but i mean uh i the only place i get them from i either get them uh sent to me from the states where they've been bought in a dispensary so you can be reasonably sure they're safe because i mean there's potential for an enormous amount of harm once you get into processing cannabis like that mm-hmm. yeah but i mean you know when you start combining nasty solvents and chemical processes with weed unless you know what you're doing you could be creating a poison you know um, mm, sure you don't yeah. know what's left in the background of all them solvents as well what trace elements exactly. will be left behind you have to be very careful about it and i mean that that's why again that's another reason why it needs to be regulated. I mean, that, for instance, is, um, you know, one of the mistakes they made in Canada is um, not, regu- not not including concentrates in the original uh, legalisation terms because all that happens is people still want concentrates and so concentrates stay in the black market. It's mm-hmm. like the whole idea of, um, you know, regulating the amount of THC. I mean, if you say... Uh, right, we're only going to allow a maximum of 15% THC. First of all, what you're doing is storing up trouble for yourself because it means you need to implement testing procedures. Yeah. Um, and secondly, all that happens is, uh, well, the, all the stuff in excess of 15% just goes back to the black market. Um, and that's pretty much so, all of it now. Exactly. Well, yeah, it is, it is I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, th- I think growing, growing your own is a very therapeutic um things to do 
it, it's a very enjoyable pastime and as I say I think it's the ethical choice what's your favorite strain to smoke do you have a particular favorite I wouldn't say I do really no I mean I generally when I'm choosing something to, to grow I do look for a, a, what they call a sativa dominant it's a TV, yeah. yeah in other words it's more energizing rather than um couch locking exactly um but, but then that's tend but then the whole way that cannabis has been classified as you probably know it's been subject to a lot of scientific challenge recently. Yeah, because um, it is confusing. It's confusing because I don't th- because I think it's not. I don't think it's been based on science. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's been based on people's personal opinions. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, th- I think. I mean, uh, the, the thing that makes the difference between whether a strain is energizing or couch rocking, I think, is actually the terpene content. I agree. Well, this is what I've come to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't particularly want to smoke. So, I mean, I consume most of my cannabis by vaporizing. I do still smoke, smoke a joint. I probably smoke one joint a day in the evening. Um, or I might roll a joint and smoke half of it. But most of, the, most of my consumption will be vaporizing. But I, I enjoy the sensation of smoking. I don't want to be uh, locked into the couch. Um, I want to be able to function. So I only smoke, by the way, in the evening. Uh, I, I don't smoke during the day at all. Okay. I don't find it helpful to smoke during the day. I've got things I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, except, well, very occasionally, well, very occasionally on a Saturday morning, I might have a split. Um, nice. But, uh, generally Did you find that it stops your production? Well, it depends. I mean, if you've got a particular project, something you need to write, for instance, yeah. Uh, then, then it can help. It can make you more productive. Yeah, um, it helps me a lot with my writing. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, if you've got a, what for me is a typical day where you're on, uh, you know, you're on the computer and the phone all day long, mm-hmm. uh, um, then all it does is distract you. What it does to me is distract me or stops me concentrating. Right. Um, uh, so I, I don't find it find it. And all the other things you me. I mean, I have, you know, I made the mistake uh, just a few months back um, at uh, the Hemp and CBD Expo in Birmingham. Um, I um, thought, well, you know, it's a, I'm at a show for two days. Um, uh, I thought in the morning I had a little tincture that somebody gave me. I thought I'll have a couple of drops of this. I was supposed to be speaking on the main stage in the afternoon. Right. Um, <laughs> and, Fortunately, I did, I, did, I did manage to, but I, I was a bit anxious about it because I was pretty incoherent for a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, tincture's um, a, bit, a bit harsh, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And, and g- generally speaking, I would say, I mean, I don't like edibles or consuming by any other way. I mean, I find it uncontrollable. Yeah, it's um, heavy, heavy stone. It lasts too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I find you get, you get a hangover from it. Or, I mean, not, 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 not a hangover in a sort of... Um, you don't get a headache from it or anything the following day, but the following day, I find that I can just be sort of on a different planet, mm. and that's not helpful because I have a, I have a lot of things I want to get done in my life. You know? Yeah, and, and uh, I don't want. I'm cannabis. the same. I don't do edibles. It's, yeah. It, it's yeah. just too much. The last time I took it, it was just so, so strong on the stone, you know. And I've got things to do as well, you know. You can't be that mashed. Exactly. I mean, I, I remember um, a long time ago now. I remember eating some. Uh, what was described as Kashmiri pollen. Ooh. <laughs> sounds, sounds scary. Well, it was extremely scary. I mean, many years ago, I did a bit of LSD. Um, and this was much more frightening than that. Wow. <laughs> um, something that I said well away from eating this stuff. Um, I've got a couple of little bottles of tincture. And every now and then, uh, if I've had a couple of drinks or something, I might be tempted to have a couple of drops. <laughs> yeah. When you're not thinking straight. <laughs> I, always, I always regret it afterwards. You know? <laughs> See, I suppose if you've got a weekend free and you, and you want to relax, because that's what you'll be doing is you'll just be relaxing. Don't, don't expect to get anything done if you hit it harsh like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a natural workaholic, you know. So, um, Same yeah, for me, yeah. Have to be doing something. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm always busy, even if I haven't got anything specific on, you know, because I make yeah. myself busy. Oh. Um, <coughs> That's my COVID-19 cough, by the way. Oh, no, well, I thought it was COVID-18, but, you know, it doesn't sound <laughs> as severe as 19. <laughs> Did you hear the uh, Irish uh, health minister the other day? This is quite serious, this. Um, he, was, he was doing an interview on radio, and he was asked whether or not he thought they would find a vaccine for COVID-19. And he said, quite seriously, 
He said, well, you know, there's been 18, there's been 18 previous COVIDs and they haven't managed to find a vaccine for any of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you really couldn't make it up. You know. How do these people get into power? It's shocking. Well, he's remarkably similar to uh, the British health minister, Matt Hancock. Right. Uh, they both look the same. They're both sort of quite thin, weedy characters. Um, <laughs> and the health ministers. Yeah, they, they, they both have exactly the same uh, record on medicinal cannabis. In other words, they're full of promises but never actually deliver. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's straight, and they're both in the same job, health ministry. Um, so anyway. Shocking how these people get into power. It makes it no is. sense. It is. We put our trust in these people and they just fuck us over constantly. Exactly, exactly. Well, of course, I stood for Parliament in... Um, wow, cool. In 2012, when Clear was still a political party, um, and I stood in the um, Corby by-election. That's Cor- Corby in Northamptonshire. Right. Um, and uh, it was a very, very interesting experience, you know, uh, canvassing, knocking on, on doors, saying, hello, I'm uh, campaigning for the legalisation of cannabis. Will you please vote for me as your MP? Um, and... Uh, Generally speaking, you got a very good reaction. Um, yeah. you know, more, many more people were supportive than were anti. Uh, and this is eight years ago now. Um, uh, you know, we we printed uh, ten thousand leaflets. Uh, no, in fact, we printed a lot more leaflets than that, and they were all distributed free of charge, one to each you know household in in, in the constituency. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, we took part in hustings. Um, but it's a very expensive business, you know. I mean, like, like I mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't live in Northamptonshire, uh, and it was a question of getting <clears throat> four or five of us up to Northamptonshire. Uh, obviously, you have to stay in a hotel, um, uh, and all this expensive living during the day. It's hugely expensive, you know. Yeah, campaign. this is why you need like backing from all these donors, and that's how the bribery, the the legal bribery, comes into things. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, but it was, it was, it was, you know, it was an interesting thing, and it was just remarkable how people, uh, some, some people, some people would be the least you would expect to be supportive, would nevertheless be supportive, you know. And when you're standing in a, in a uh, uh, shopping centre, you know, with a suit and tie and a green rosette on, handing out leaflets, saying legalised cannabis, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting experience. That's awesome, man. So you've, like, been on the proper front line, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Would you um, do it again? Would you run again? Yeah, yes, I would. I would. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, don't, I think as a matter of principle, uh, single issue candidates uh, or single issue political parties are not a sensible thing. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I think before the internet, um, being a candidate in a election got you much more publicity um, because. Uh, what they do nowadays is they simply say, you know, the, the media are obliged to give everybody equal coverage. But what the, but the way they do it, they handle that nowadays is they just say, go to our website for full information on all the candidates. But before right. before there was a website, they actually had to mention everybody. Right. Um, okay. uh, but um, no, I mean, I was interviewed by you know the B. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now. The, um, uh, the he's now in China, I think, for the BBC. Um, and I've, I've done, I mean, I've done, you know, over the years, I've done loads of interviews on most of the major uh, TV and radio programs. Um, I, I, you know, we have made a great deal of progress. Um, and I have no doubt that, uh, uh, I mean, I think, I think there's a good chance. I really, I, mean, I know a lot of people will, will laugh at this and will probably think I'm crazy. But I think there's a very good chance that cannabis could be legalised under Boris Johnson. No, um, I, I think the same thing. Do you? Yeah, there's been plenty of signs, you know, just subtle signs in the media and things like that. As I said earlier, testing the water just to see what yeah. the public opinion would be. And exactly. I think the COVID stuff has obviously got in the way of any kind of agenda they had, what was going to go on throughout the year. It's just everything's on hold for now. But I did think if anybody's going to do it, Boris would. Exactly. I mean, he's got, he's got the balls to do it. Yeah. You know. Well, they say, they say at the moment that Murdoch apparently wants rid of Johnson and wants Michael Gove in number 10. 
Well, you, you've seen the media narrative change over the last couple of weeks towards Johnson. Uh, so, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of Boris, you know, and, and you're never going to be 100% in agreement with anybody. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, although, although I don't particularly trust Boris, I've said... Oh, he's a politician, before. you can't trust him. Exactly. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't <laughs> lend him... I don't think... I wouldn't lend him a fiver. But on the other hand, if you wanted somebody... If you were going to go over the top with somebody... You know, then, then I'd yeah, be more inclined yeah. to go over the top with Boris than would be Jeremy Corbyn, for instance. Yeah, true. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Anyway, I don't suppose either Boris or Jeremy grows their own. So why are we talking about Hey, you that? never know, man. You never know. <laughs> Boris got a chance. <laughs> Maybe that's why he wants to legalise. <laughs> Boris was quoted um, on, uh, I don't know if you've seen, released to a, uh, a pack of playing cards with... Um, uh, images of famous politicians on them with quotes. Um, and the one for Boris um, says, uh, um, uh, people say I don't do drugs. That's an outrageous smear. Of course I do. <laughs> um, of course um, he does. Look at him. He can't even be asked to comb his hair in the morning. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, it'd be funny. He's got a crop on and he's looking like a really nice one. He's like, man, I really can't get caught with this one. I'm going to just get this shit legalised so I'm safe. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, 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 I do think, as, as I was saying, uh, you know, we've made enormous progress, particularly on the medicinal front. And I, I'd be, uh, and I've been saying five years for a long time now, but I, I, I'd be, I, 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 I'm pretty damn certain that within five years, and I think possibly a lot quicker than that, um, we will have some form of legalisation in the UK. Yeah, hopefully. Um, it's just silliness now, isn't it? Well, you know, the police are fed up with it, aren't they? Yeah. You know, the Recognise the, 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 the police have much more common sense to push to than politicians. Um, and I think, um, uh, you know, as I, as I was saying earlier, many, many politicians have come round to a different way of thinking that. And um, I, I, I think we're very close. Well, as you say, once all the stuff about... I mean, first of all, we had Brexit. Now we've got COVID-19. You know, hopefully when we get these things behind us, and our political leaders can actually start yep. looking, looking at oh, Get all that shit out of the way, and then everyone can just sit down and relax to a legal spliff. Exactly. That would be nice. We're gonna, lockdown's over, it's all over, and at the same time, we're legalising weed. Exactly. Sure. Of course, what, one of the big issues will be grow your own. Yeah, I agree so, as well. I, I whether, agree. whether or not that will be permitted. I um, think that will never be allowed. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean... Obviously, you know, in all the jurisdictions, all the uh, in the states, in all the uh, and in Canada, uh, it's allowed. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if you've seen Luxembourg. You know, Luxembourg looks set to be the first EU country to legalise, um, and uh, it's quite clear that they are not going to permit grow your own. I mean, there's a, there's obviously a conflict here between commercialisation uh, and allowing people to grow their own. Because yeah. if you allow people to grow their own, why should they bother going to you know a licensed store and buying a regular Paying taxes. Exactly. Because this, that's one of the problems in the... Well, not problems, but, you know, it's one of the reasons why I think growing your own won't be allowed is because we have the NHS here and, you know, that has to be paid for by taxes. And yeah. when people are smoking loads, they need to be paying taxes to make sure when they yeah. get problems, the NHS is there to fix them. And if they're yeah. growing their I, own, they're not necessarily paying tax on it to... Uh, Absolutely. I, mean, I, th- I think that you know, I, I, for me personally, I don't think I'd ever stop growing my own because I enjoy it. Yeah, um, I love it as well. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, uh, also if if we had, I mean, have you, have you been to Colorado or, or to the America? No, no, I've been to Amsterdam. You know, if you go to a dispensary in Colorado, I mean, the, well, you would have seen videos and stuff. I mean, the selection, uh, not not just of bud, but of every form you can imagine, mm. is incredible. Um, and certainly, if if we had that sort of facility here, I would go to stores like that and yeah. I would buy things. Uh, but I would all, I would grow my own as well. Yeah, you could get um, the extracts and all that instead. You know, Moroccan exactly. hash, different strains you haven't got. You know, exactly, exactly. It'd still be nice. Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, there's been lots of you know serious uh, bits of research done on uh, the massive amount of employment it will create. Oh yeah, uh, the massive boost to the economy. Exactly, huge. You know, I mean, they say that we spend six billion a year on cannabis in the UK. Wow. I mean, there are, various, there are various different estimates, but um, you know, if you actually if you actually sit down 
just back of a fag packet calculations. You know, think how many people that there are, you know, who consume cannabis regularly and how much they're spending on it. It is a huge amount of money. Mm. And as we say, it's all in the black market and all the profits that are made on it are being used to fund real crime, yeah. violence, you know, terrorism, hard drugs, all sorts of yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's got to happen soon. It, has, it should have happened a long time ago. We'll, we'll see what, what So what's the future for Clear? What's next for you guys? Uh, well, I think uh, really what we've been focused on is, is, is uh, I mean, the medi- medi- medicine, medicinal access was always our main focus. Mm. Um, uh, because that is, uh, I mean, that, that's what really inspired me to get involved in the campaign. Because frankly, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Yeah. Um, well, what got me fired up was the fact that those people who actually need cannabis for medical reasons and, and, and weren't being able to get hold of it. Now, obviously, the breakthrough has been made. Um, it's not working properly yet, and it won't be working properly yet for several years. But, I mean, that's inevitable. It's like in any new development in medicine. You know, it always happens first in the private sector. Um, and it will take a while for the NHS to, to, to you know, come up to speed on it. Um, so I, I think I think that is. I know this isn't an easy thing for people who need medicinal cannabis to hear, but I think it is the truth, and that is just that it is going to take time. I'm sorry, but it is going to take time. But in a few years from now, a couple of years from now, I think it will be a completely different picture. And in five years from now, I think cannabis will generally be, you know, pretty widely available to people who, who genuinely need it. Um, you know, and in ten years from now, it'll be just a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so the question is, you know, where does that leave clear as our main function was, um, what was medicinal access? Well, I think in the short term, what we've been spending most of our time on is campaigning for, is going back to campaigning for full legalization. Because I think in the short term, the only way that those people who need it as medicine are going to get it is through um, full legalization. And even in the long term, I think that um, uh, you know what you get through the NHS or what you get prescribed by your doctor is always going to be a an expensive, um, an expensive product, uh, perhaps a more refined product. And I think people will continue to want to consume cannabis, um, the sort you can grow your own. Um, so I, I, I think uh, you know the opportunity for um, campaigning on this issue will continue. Um, what we also do is we support individuals. We do a lot of work with individuals, people who are tr- trying to obtain medical access. You know, we, we, help, we represent them to their doctors. We help them communicate with their MP. Uh, we, can provide, we can provide all the evidence, the scientific studies and things that back, back up the reasons why they want to use cannabis, for instance, for Crohn's disease. You know, there's so much evidence showing that cannabis works for Crohn's disease. I'm just using that as one example. Yeah. Um, but, but if you, you know, doctors just aren't aware of it, and if you show an, M- an MP and a doctor the evidence that is available nearly all the time, they're surprised by that. And when we, we act as an information resource to be able to, to support people with that. Um, and, and other than that, we just we could try to keep our members and our followers uh, fully informed as fully informed as we can on all the developments in uh, cannabis and drugs policy more widely. I mean, I'm very interested in drugs policy more widely you know i mean it, it's uh <clears throat> it's all uh, you know the fact that we're not we don't allow safe consumption rooms for intravenous drug users is, is mm-hmm. a, a ridiculous policy you know definitely they've been proven to what you work across the world and what matters in this instance is saving people's lives yeah you know treating it as a healthcare problem before you treat it exactly, before, before we start making moral judgments on you know well why is that person addicted to heroin or why is that person using crack cocaine every day? Before you start getting involved in that, you need to be saying, well, what can we do to help them? Yes. Um, you know, and for some reason, I mean, like, this is a really crucial and incisive point. In every other activity in life, governments do everything they can to protect us and reduce harm. Mm. Whether it's um, food, for instance, you know, the government's put an awful lot of, Efforts and money into ensuring food production is properly regulated and taking um, loads of salt out of things. You know that's been a whole movement for the last decade. Uh, if we talk about transport, you know there's a huge amount of money spent on safety regulation. 
making sure we all wear seat belts, making sure people don't drink and drive, speed limits, uh, regulating planes and airfields. And so everything is done all the time to try and make these things safer. You know? And yet when it comes to drugs, all drugs, what governments do is they make it more dangerous. Yeah, just completely ignorant to the problems, the actual exactly. problems. So it's, 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 complete, it, it's unique in this sense, unique. Mm. That instead of trying to protect people and make activities safer, the way governments choose to deal with drugs is to make using them more dangerous. It's put, put the consumer at more risk. So this has been this has been a good show. It's been good. really informative, man. What, uh, you have a mailing list that people can sign up to. We do, yes. I mean, you can go to the clear the clear Facebook page is really our shop window. Okay. Uh, if you go to Clear UK on Facebook, just facebook.com/slash/clearuk. Um, Slash Clear UK, that's right, yeah. Um, and, and, and indeed, and, and, you know, there's a link to our website on there and everything. But we're on Twitter and Facebook. You can't, I mean, you can't miss us, really. If you're in the cannabis space, uh, if, if, you, if you simply put clear cannabis into Google, you will find us. You know? We're not difficult to find us all. Um, and, uh, you know, we're always very pleased to have new, new members. Whether, whether you're, uh, you know, we, we do run a system of membership whereby people can pay anything from five pounds a year up to 30 pounds a year to uh, help support the campaign because obviously it we do all goes to supporting the cause we do i mean we do have expenses none of us get paid or get any money from it mm-hmm. um but i mean you know we do have to travel places we do have to pay website hosting fees and fees for this and postage yeah. and that sort of thing so you know if you can afford to put a few quid every year in our direction then it, then it all helps yeah it helps definitely it's been, it's been a massive privilege to have you on Oh, it's, been, it's, my, it's been my pleasure. It's been good to talk about talk about uh, what I do and about the fact that I enjoy uh, growing my. I mean, the abuse I've had over the years. It's amazing how people, even if, even if in, it seems you're on the same side, mm. it's amazing how people can uh, uh, think you're some sort of uh, traitor. Yeah, uh, I know uh, that feeling. Yeah, you know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You know, I have people saying, "I bet he's never smoked a joint in his life." You know, and, yeah. and all this sort of rubbish. Um, but no, it's been good to talk in a wide-ranging way about, uh, you know, uh, what I've tried to do in the campaign, uh, what my wider political beliefs are, and also about the fact that I very much enjoy consuming cannabis and growing it. Yeah, and it sounds like you've done a lot for the community over your time as well. You know, you've put a lot of work in. Well, I've done my best. I've done my best. I mean, I've got a great deal of personal satisfaction out of it as well. You know. Anyway, no, it's been really good to talk to you. Thank you. No, thank you very much. There we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to know more about Clear Cannabis Law Reform, then head over to clear-uk.org and you'll be able to find all the information you need there. Or, of course, you can check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash clearuk. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. See you on the next one. Thank you.